Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who met his wife while training for the 400 meters in Seattle and is eating gluten-free while lusting after bread, Dave Denniston. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping doctors like you slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, I am honored to have a guest on the show. He is a 20-year veteran of the real estate business. He has this passion, helping people connect with the life that they want. He's done over $20 million worth of transactions in this space. He's a mentor, podcaster, public speaker, and coach, as well as continue running his own multi-million dollar real estate business. Based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, please help me welcome Brett Riggins. Welcome, Brett. Hello, hello. So in my mind, I'm hearing like the crowd clapping and, you know, like these overdubs of just madness happening. That, that, I always love introductions. And man, thank you, for, thank you for the time and thank you for bringing me on. You know, I, I need to have, let's see, I think I have a cheering sound. Uh-oh. Can you hear that? No, I can't. Maybe it's in the mix, though. I can't hear it. I heard it in my mind, though. I'm, I'm the visionary, <laughs> right? You're going to have to go back to the, the actual audio to listen to people madly cheering for they, you. They were excited, Damn. man. I'm telling you, I'm excited, too. So I'm excited <laughs> to, to uh, man, just bring some of that experience that we've had through the years, uh, the to-dos, the not-to-dos, and share a little bit more about what we've got going on and, and all the conversations that we get to have with physicians as well, too. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you and I both love working with doctors, and uh, we're not physicians, though, Correct. In, in what uh, each of us do. So tell us a little bit, Brett, wh- where did you grow up? You know, how did you go on this journey of, of where you are today? Oh, yeah. So I'll try to put it in a quick can for us. Uh, born and raised in southwest Michigan. Construction has always been my background and construction mixed with art. I've always loved creative aspect of it. Um, so I had journeyed on in school for architectural engineering, construction management engineering. And uh, man, I just went through the fields. I've been in every single field from under the concrete to above the shingle, done a little bit of everything. The biggest thing I've learned in the whole process is that I don't know everything. And I never want to be the person in the room who knows everything. Let me tell you that. Uh, maybe the person in the room that asked the best questions. I would love to be that person. But you know, along in that journey, man, it just it, it tied in so well with real estate. And I've been blessed with the opportunities and the vision to tie the two things together. And uh, we started, you know, fixing and flipping, investing in ourselves on this personal development path uh, when the real estate opportunities came available and have grown uh you know drastically in that and and so much grown man grown personally too and i'm excited to talk some about that too because the mindset is the biggest shift and in that piece that's required to take you from where you're at to where you want to be not only in the goals alone dave but the person that you want to become or the person that you need to become to to accomplish goals like that Love it. So, um, Brett, tell us about then, like, were you working, was your parents in construction or real estate or what started you down that path? 
Hey, great, great question. When I was, I believe I was around seven years old, my parents had uh, acquired a, a piece of bean field basically in Southwest Michigan. And they um, had basically like a kit house back then. Uh, not like the Sears and Rosebuck style, but this kind of, um, hey, you can order this and we'll send you all the material kind of thing. And they, they built it themselves. And we spent the uh, probably like the next seven years never finishing that project. Uh, and, and looking back, there were some things that, that happened with the way that they leveraged capital, uh, just created a tough situation for them, a bouncing rate kind of thing, lots of things stacked back. So uh, that tied me into construction, the first piece. So I always live, I've always lived in a construction project. Uh, and that, that really kind of cued me in and there's just something about it. I mean, I don't know if anybody, any of your listeners have ever heard the term woodpecker. That, that was me. Like I, I, I loved building. I love like fort making, um, you know, and then turning that passion on the creative side too into trim work, fine trim work and stairs and, and cabinets and molding and stuff, you know? So you were working under other people in the construction industry running their thing. And so you're learning how to build stuff. So what ages did that start at? Yeah, really helping my parents build that house. Um, you know, I've got pictures of me, like, you know, 10 years old, laying on my back, sanding drywall with my feet, bare feet or something, you know. So that was life. Uh, that's all I knew of life then. But moving into my first uh, construction positions would have been with um, another general contractor builder, very small time builder who I basically was my mentor at the time. And we were redeveloping a mixed use commercial building that had a bar on one level. And then we redeveloped four apartments on the upper level that were rent controlled. So there were benefits, tax benefits to this and, and grants as well too. So from there, moving in through, you know, I had started my own construction company. I was with a design build firm at the, at the at a period two for five years and I started production with them swinging a hammer for $13 an hour and moved by the fifth year I was a profit partner and it was a closely held family business so it was a big transition. Um, my older brother has a construction business uh, he's concrete construction so I'd worked with him through the years too I knew, and one thing I learned very quickly is that I never want to do concrete. Wow. It is a rough profession, man. So kudos to all the people out there doing concrete. Uh, it's just a tough job. And my younger brother now is uh, also a general contractor up in Michigan. But funny enough, my parents, neither one of them were actual contractors. Isn't that something? Like all you guys got, got in that and they, they weren't doing that kind of stuff. So today we're talking a lot about real estate and investing in real estate. So walk us through then when did you first invest and what did that look like yeah in 07 was the first kind of opportunity my I had a family member that was a real estate agent at the time and it was really on the front end of i guess the the speed of data and the way that we were seeing things um in the front side of like flip this house kind of time period right uh, so that's when I started, I guess that turned on the piece of my brain that was starting to see these types of opportunities. And in 07, there was a foreclosure in a, a small area around where we live that was our first opportunity. And I just, man, I just took action. I knew nothing. 
I, <laughs> I knew everything to get myself in trouble. And that's exactly what I did on my first project. I, I started it with four people. Within the first week, two of them bailed out. And then the, the third one bailed out within the next month or two. Uh, I was the only one basically on titles, the only one that leveraged the capital to get this. And, you know, if you think about it, being self-employed as a contractor, getting the opportunity to leverage capital is a huge piece anyway. But it was right in the midst of that chaos in 07, 08. You know, so so that happened. And again, everything that went wrong was now could have been foreseen had I surrounded myself with the right people and, you know, with the right experience. But imperfect action is action. Right. And that that's the thing that really started my process. So even though everything went wrong in 07, we're still here to 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 talk about it and keep growing. So ended up 07, 08 happens everything just collapses everything collapses there was a school system in that little town shut down at that time period so now i've got a i got a house where there is no school system and they've got to get bussed out prices are just dropping so it was insane so i ended up trying to rent it out and i learned everything what not to do at that point as a younger kid too, trying to rent out this property i didn't know anything about screening tenants i didn't know anything about lease agreements Man, there was just so much that I didn't know. I didn't even know how to price it as a rental. How do I even start to figure that stuff out? So a couple of years went through that and just horrible tenant after horrible tenant and ended up in small claims a few times and ended up, I was at the time, that's why I was with the design build company. I would bring these misorders or, you know, materials we would pull off of larger renovations. And I ended up renovating that house and we, that was the first house we ever flipped. Too. So that's how I exited it. Wow. So what? How long did that last? Two thousand seven through. So around oh nine, I believe. Oh uh, nine, uh, ten, somewhere around there. So that was man, it was a challenge because when we had first picked it up, it was like, oh, we could get this foreclosure for it was like thirty thousand or thirty five thousand, and then I could not do anything with it, just clean it out. What I call cut the grass and clean out the trash and then sell it, but it didn't work out like that. Like the, that's when the market plunged and it was just, there were so many pieces that didn't work out as planned. So as a quick flip, what we call wholetail, it just didn't work. So I ended up holding it, becoming that accidental landlord in order to hold on to it. And so many times, Dave, through that period, people were like, just let it go, just walk away. And I'm like, no way, no way possible. I just, there, my mindset is I've never been able to do something like that. And at the time, it was in my own name and all kinds of things, man. Yeah, you, you didn't want to declare bankruptcy and yeah. go, go through that whole thing. So you, you ended up selling it 2009, which was getting towards the bottom of the market, which was painful. Like, Did you have a loss on it or did you actually still come away with a little bit of dough? No, because of the sweat equity, I would say absolutely not because of what I learned through the process. But like tangible stuff, I still say no because of the sweat equity. I was At that time, I was working 60... 65 70 hours a week with the design build firm and then i was driving in an hour and a half back home to do this saturday and sunday to to finish this flip out um but i was the the material i was using was repurposed so absolute absolute minimum cost in it on everything i think we ended up selling that thing for like 55 or 57 or something do you feel like, even though you made so many mistakes, you didn't know what you were doing, you're walking in blindly, I have to imagine still having that construction background 
helped you, you know, just in, just in terms of building that equity and getting, noting where to get materials and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Crucial. Yeah, super crucial, and especially in the self-management, because if you buy a pile of crap and you're trying to manage a pile of crap, you're always going to have pile of crap problems, right? So there were issues because, I mean, that house just was not cared for and houses die, just like people, houses die. And if you don't take steps for preventative maintenance and just have a little bit of love for them, they just fall apart. So massive, massive value, understanding when to do, what to do, when not to do something. That house, (laughs) there's so many things about that house. So the basement of this house, it was wet like when we bought it. And up in Michigan, um, there's basements that I know that everywhere has basements, but uh, it was wet. So we're like, okay, maybe just do some you know, landscaping on the exterior, make sure the downspots are good, all of that. Well, come to find out there was actually water movement under the house. There was water. It was, it was pressurized, like under the house. My wife and I go in there one, one weekend to, to cut a perimeter drain in to kind of, you know, put a sump pit in so we can get this water moving out. I'm not joking you. When we moved, when we took the sections of the concrete out, it was like caves under this floor in the garage, in the basement. Then when a rain would come, we'd have these holes in the concrete. It would literally guise water up in the air. We should have made a movie about this. It would guise water like waist high up in from the basement floor. It was insane. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's crazy. So you got through that, right? It's 2009. You're still doing your construction thing. You're, you're, you're like, okay, I got a taste of this. My wife, my wife's still married. <laughs> me. Yes, that's right. The same time I met my wife. Your yeah. wife's still with you. You didn't get a yeah. divorce. Yeah. Uh, what happens now? Wow. Great question. So, um, I went farther towards the construction piece, graduating uh, school finally because I played music. I know the listeners can't see, but I've got a my guitar hanging in the back of the wall here. So I, that was a passion of mine. I think it ties into the to the art piece. I spent some time doing that, but then I, mean, I just got back to the construction piece, going on with a design build firm, and that's where I learned business. Uh, it was such a blessing. Like I say, I I I, I was invited to join as production. So here I am, college graduate. I get invited to go production, swinging a hammer basically as a laborer. But I quickly moved through the opportunities because of the creative background, my computer background, getting into that. So every time they gave me an opportunity, I just ate it up. I took action. I went above and beyond, far more than what I was paid for. I was just absorbing, absorbing, absorbing. And I got invited to join the management team and that small company and just learned so much. And that's, they introduced me to the book Traction by Gino Wickman. And, you know, we still use a lot of those processes and, um, uh, you know, procedures and planning and, and stuff and everything we do still to this day it was just a great blessing. Love it. Love it. So you, you got some more experience. You, you learned some of the business stuff. And, and then when did you get back into it? You know, when did you start buying real estate again as an investor? Yep. Um, I believe it was 16, uh, 2016 and 2017. In 2017, we that we started into it and I had came across um, a group called Fortune Builders. And it was the first, I guess, my first experience with 
masterminds or communities or you know surrounding paying money to better myself other than school that we all know that's what we do in school but there, there are so many other platforms and av rev avenues out that that we can do this and i was blessed to be have that opportunity with them it was a very large investment we spent like 50 grand to join this and right away i mean i had i landed my first flip um, and even in that one, there's looking back, I do so many things differently. Let's, let's, let, let me stop you for a second there, just cause you went through this whole other experience and you're building your life. I'm guessing maybe you're having kids about this time period. Absolutely. And, right. Two kids. Yep. And you're, you're W2 and you went and made a decision to drop $50,000. Yep. Like that is, can't be an easy conversation with your, your wife on, let's let's dump all this money in here not an actual investment of that returns cash paper flow return. yeah. yeah like a <laughs> yeah, paper right? return stuff you're you're investing into coaching and education and can you being connected with other people walk us through that because i think that's something something you and i are used to doing that kind of thing and we're in that world but physicians who are listening to this maybe like fifty thousand dollars like what what the heck yeah man it, it was tough and for me man i guess like being that visionary i was catching on pieces but i think you said it great with with my wife because my wife is everything i mean she's the the reason why everything stays together she's the better half of me i mean all of those crazy things is true but going into this so she had been a teacher for like 16 years at this point and um, it was actually on one of the roughest years that she's ever had. And we were buying years for her to retire early. And, you know, this, this radio commercial comes on. It says free seminar, right? Free seminar downtown. It was in Kalamazoo at the Radisson Hotel. And I go down there and their next sales thing was $200. For $200, you can come to Grand Rapids for a two-day seminar. We're going to give you all of this stuff. But Dave, they kept dropping these little nuggets for me that instantly were clicking. And for me, it was how can I find these opportunities? Because I didn't know a lot about real estate at the time, but I knew that there were opportunities out there where I could buy under market value properties. I just didn't have the, the resources. I said, how can I find it? Where can I, where am I getting this information? How do I contact people? So I kept hearing these little bits and pieces. They got me to come to the two day in Grand Rapids. But to get to that two day, they said, you can invite your spouse or your partner for free. Bing, 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 bing. That was massive. And even in the sales perspective, it's massive to have all the deal maker, all the decision makers at the table when you're discussing things. But for us as a family, it was massive because then it allowed us to do on that two day to do something that shifted our life forever. When we made that decision that day, it was big, man. It was, I mean, it gives me goosebumps to think about it. But we both, we both, it was epiphany type stuff for us to sit in this in in this seminar and see these things about real estate about you know leveraging capital and cash flowing while the notes serviced and and it's almost like that point i tell everybody it's like i feel like it's so frustrated that i hadn't learned it before to, to take advantage of this and with my wife being in one of the worst teaching seasons that she had ever had she is just at a turning point and was I guess turned up her risk tolerance just a little bit more but at that same time too i mean when you look at me dave i'm like i'm a very genuine and passionate person and when i set my eyes and i have a goal in mind 
I'm getting there, right? I burned the ships, they say, I'm going. So, you know, as me as a fighter for her in this journey, that's what pushed us past to make that large of an investment. You know, I, I often think that there's these moments in life that we almost get forced to make a change. Like, I know for me, it was after making this this huge acquisition of financial planning clients in around the same time you went through your thing in 2008 and the the crisis happens and it was like I never want to feel like this again you know being so dependent on something which is what led me down this path of multiple streams of income on top of the financial planning stuff that I do it sounds for you that was your moment you know like you know what like we can't do this anymore. Some people, it's, it's with debt. You know, they have so much debt. You know, it might be with weight. You know, it's like, I can't keep in the state that I'm doing right now. You know, so it sounds like that was that for you guys with your wife. Yeah, I mean, without challenge, there is no change. And, you know, a lot of us will tippy-toe around situations to avoid the inconvenience. But that inconvenience is what, man, it's the lifter. It is, it is... It is what accelerates you in your life. And yeah, you know, at that point, I mean, I've always felt very confident in this stack of experiences that I've been blessed to be placed in, that they've all leading me in a direction. And I don't know, I don't need to know what that is. I just need to be confident in every decision that I'm making and moving forward is, is pairing along with that. And making a huge jump like that um, is big because like you say, I was W2. And um, at that time, that's when I, I, I decided to go. It was right before we, we did this real estate, Dave. Uh, it was about a year before that. I had made the decision to leave the W-2 job and go and start my own design build company. So these, that was an interesting conversation. Um, so how many listeners out there have decided to start their own company and had that conversation with their partner? And like, okay, this is what this is going to look like. You leave that very comfortable, well-paying position to go. They say to, you you leave your nine to five to go do a twenty-four-seven. You know that's that's where that change happens. But to make that change, all of these experiences were stacking up and aligning perfectly for us to move into the real estate world. Fascinating. No, I think it's just so interesting hearing these kind of stories and and where people made made a change like this. I think. A lot of physicians, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit, they, they feel so locked into doing what they're doing. And I think when you have a ton of student debt, that's true for a time period. But then so many people, I think, don't realize you have so many things in your control. It's not easy to make a change, but whether it's where you live, you know, you look at physicians in Los Angeles versus uh, Alaska. You know, mm. people in Alaska can make way more money on average than someone in L.A. and they have a lower cost of living. So, you know, you can make a change. You can work part time rather than full time if you want to get into real estate or do something else. You have options. You know, you, you're not locked into doing whatever you're doing forever as a physician when you're dealing with burnout and uh, struggling to to make a dent in your financial goals or, or whatever that is. What, what do you think? your impressions, Brett, and working with a lot of physicians, talking with a lot of physicians. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's great. And, and Dave, this goes, I mean, this is human nature. This is, there's so much of this that's human nature. And it goes 
into what physicians will face too. And again, echo you that echo you that we are not physicians, so I don't want to speak for them, but I can speak as what I was telling you of 60 to 70 hours a week and still doing this thing on the side, driving an hour and a half each way to get this thing done. You don't have to go that far or that type to, to make this happen. But what I'm saying about the human nature piece is it's all a mindset thing. And I was thinking today, I was at the gym today and I was in my mind, I love going to the gym, it just frees my mind and I can just think, I love sitting in the sauna, I love that as well too. Just this creative time for me. But I just kept playing in my head was, you know, my, my body is only as strong as my mind, right? My body is only as strong as my mind, but my body is as weak as my mind is. So if if my mind is limited by something, then my body's not going to go go farther. Does that make sense? So what I'm saying here is that the limitations in your mind will keep you from taking these necessary steps. And it it does not matter if you have five thousand or five hundred thousand in student debt. You have to take action. And if you have this mind, this limiting, the limiting beliefs that keep you from taking action, then it, you will stumble, you will fall, you will keep just on this day-to-day path being trapped in what you're doing. Totally. No, I, I totally agree. I think this, this gets a little woo-woo perhaps for some people, but I, I think that the point being you can adjust your schedule. You know, you can make the life you want it to be. There's going to be sacrifice to get there. And um, now in your case, over the last six, seven years, you know, you've built a real estate portfolio. So in a relatively short period of time. So tell us about um, what that's like. Like, are you still doing anything in the construction world specifically and having your own firm outside of maybe fixing up houses or whatever? Tell us about I quickly left the construction world. And if you think about scalability in that regard, Construction is scalable, but if you just think about the number of people that it's required to do something like that is tough. And from a business aspect, every person that you add into a cycle or a circle, it, it makes it more difficult, makes it more complicated. So I quickly shifted from doing renovations for other people to doing renovations for ourselves. And that we were the client, we got to make the choices. When something went wrong, we were the, we dealt with ourselves. So it was a, a quick change for that. And uh, now where we're at is I, I'm not doing I'm not doing any of it. I've got uh, I've built relationships. That means so I've used my experience um, to vet, to filter to nurture these relationships that we build and now creating systems around that is very, very important. So, you know, we're acquiring properties, never stepping foot in these properties, watching the renovations happen, confirming construction draw requests, just getting properties leased up and never ever set foot in these properties. So it started, it just changed from working for somebody else to working for ourselves. Now other people are working with us. And now, for a commercial break. Well, if you are anything like me, if as you go along your financial journey, you may be feeling confused sometimes about what to do. You're you're hearing advice from this person and that person. You're you're not really sure who to trust, what to turn to, and you're, you're feeling stuck, whether you're wanting to create multiple strategies 
of and streams of income or you want to look over your stock portfolio or you're looking for particular reviewing over your specific situation it would be my honor and my pleasure to spend 30 minutes to help you for free all you have to do is text the word strategy s-t-r-a-t-e-g-y to 833-343-2986. Again, that's strategy, the whole word, to 833-343-2986. Thank you so much, and I look forward to talking to you soon. And now, back to the show. Well, I'd like to speak to, you know, there's there's so many different types of real estate. Commercial, multifamily, single family residential. I specialize in land. He knows a lot of what I do. Uh, sounds like you've mostly done single family up, up to this point, from what I understand. And what's interesting to me in that space is that I grew up on the West Coast, and their real estate generally is so expensive. Same thing on East Coast, you know, Massachusetts, New York, whatever. If, if you're near a major city, West Coast or East Coast, I mean, you're looking at easily 800K without even thinking about it, even in, in the suburbs. And to me, I always said rental markets there, like you're, you're going for pure appreciation, you know, like as an investor. Your, your cash flow, if you're leveraging, you know, you're gonna, let's say you put down 150K on an $800,000 place, or even less if you have the ability to, you know, you're, you're not gonna cash flow on that puppy. You know, you're gonna break even if not have a slight cash flow loss. So it's all about appreciation. Meanwhile, if I look at Ohio or someplace similar to that, where there's a lot of cheap, cheaper houses, sounds like the kind of place where you started out, where you, you're buying something for 100K or maybe even less but you don't really get appreciation, it's all about cash flow. I'm curious to hear, do you agree with that general sentiment and how do you as a real estate investor look at that now today? Yeah, uh, wow, great question. In generally speaking, 100% that is true and when we're looking at the return on our investment, that what I say, the power of the punch, the how strong our dollar can be, it's market driven. And I always relate that similar like what you're saying on the West Coast versus say somewhere in the Midwest where you know it costs me on average $800,000, $900,000 to buy a house and the rent may be $200,000, $300,000 which is crazy, right? But that return is not there no matter what. And now in the Midwest, what I'm looking for is, a, you know, the 1% rule at a, at a minimum to where if I pay $150,000 for a house, that house should be gross rent monthly should be $1,500. So $150,000, $1,500. At that point, that's where we're going to start seeing our money perform. And I always bring it back to uh, like the money market or, you know, Wall Street or where, wherever your other investments are to do it apples to apples kind of a comparison. If you're going to be somewhere where you can be in that 7 to 15% return, it's not going to be in these expensive markets. The only way that you can get that kind of return in those expensive markets is a lot more capital and uh, short term kind of scenarios you know so they're just fewer and farther between so in in your case are, are you, you're specializing midwest then is that what i'm picking up from yeah you? so i started midwest and then now rolling um kind of like midwest to, to southeast mm -hmm. and um for you 
like when you're picking a market, you know, if if you're a, if you're a doctor listening to this, you want to get started. What can they learn from you, just in terms of how do you select a market? You know, everything. I want to show them everything. <laughs> <laughs> I want to show everything, and it comes back from where we started with fortune builders, the outside-in approach, to to really hone and down and picking a spot where we can build a portfolio. But it's gonna come down to where I tell everybody where to start. It's before the market, before all of that, it's in themselves. They have to figure out what, what exit strategy aligns with their values, what exit strategy aligns with the time that they can allot now and the time they want a lot later. And the, the capital piece of this, like there's so many that ties into that. You have to have that direction first in order to meet your passive income goal, where does that lead me? Where does that go? Now that I've got that right in me, okay, now let's look at the markets. Because if it's just one or two, Dave, stay in your hometown. I had a guest on the podcast the other day. It was great. I mean, just that hometown where you were at, find somebody there, right? You know those neighborhoods. You know what's going on. And, and if you're looking at one house or two houses, Dave, the, the economy is not going to make or break you. Do you agree with that? I do. I do. I mean, unless it's a million dollar home, it, it might. Yeah. Well, but. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't do million dollar <laughs> homes. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, the what I love about single family as an entry point is it's a lot easier to take if you if you miss. Right. If you miss, it's a lot easier to take the 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 the, the misses are smaller. But if 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 that's the direction in even grant depending on where you're at in your process that may be a great place that's i mean i started that everybody's gonna have their own journey i started in my own backyard i was sweat equity i was self-managing was doing all of that stuff but with the perspective of building a business around investing in real estate right to get to that point so i mean we've talked about it passive income doesn't really exist right so i want to build this path with the focus on building a business to re remove myself from as many things as possible. But you know, that, that question of where to start, what market to pick, I do want to give all that stuff away. I've broken all that down and I've put it into real estate residency. And it's just a simple free platform that I, I just, I give it away and it's in there. The market selection is in there, you know, looking at creating, creating this this uh, plan or approach for you is one of the first steps in here to get to this. It, it's, it's the, man, if you just have this knowledge and turn on the, I think it's the recipro reciprocal act activating system, I, I forget what it's called, the RAS or whatever in the, in the backside of the brain there. If you turn this thing on and you have the knowledge to, to look at a deal and know it's a deal, then that's going to make you uh, that much more likely to find that deal and jump on the opportunity when when it arrives. And that's if people want to check that out, where do they go to? Uh, realestateresidency.com. So there is, uh, I think you can drop an email in there. Can we can we leave a link in the description of the show? Sure. Yeah, we can. So there's a free 30 day link that I put in there, and the 30 day is just a time time limit to help get you pushing in here. This is what I say. I want to show this to everybody and I want everybody to see this is exactly how I train my acquisition team. This is exactly how I still um, analyze properties. Uh, you know, I've got spreadsheets and I've got the whole get up in there. So whatever somebody wants to get out of it, it just depends on what they put in it. All they have to do is take action and step out, step out of the comfort zone a little bit, you know? Totally, totally. 
All right, so uh, that can help someone that, because obviously we don't have time today to, to get into all the specifics, but if, if you could maybe just point out one thing that might be good for people to think about as they select the market or they're getting into their first deal, let's say they have capital, so let, let's overcome that. You know, if they're buying 100000 they got the 20% without having to worry about PMI and whatever, you know, to put on a down payment for a place. Yeah, performance of money. I think that's the biggest piece, performance of money. And when I say that, I I want everyone to understand the expenses that go into our rental. And if you're leveraging the capital, understanding the, the closing costs, the cost of money, understanding having holdbacks in there, 5% vacancy, 5% maintenance. It, it's overwhelming when I sit here and ramble this stuff off. But when you see it on a, on a document or a spreadsheet, it will all make sense. The biggest piece of this, Dave, is making sure that your money is performing. And just like everything else, taking that uh, direction to decide where you want to go and then making sure that the decisions that you're making each time are headed in that direction. Totally. Well, I think what, what you're saying, and, and correct me, Brett, if I have this wrong, is basically spreadsheet it out. And I think when, when people get into real estate, particularly busy doctors, you know, they, they just say, okay, fine, I'll just sign the dotted line without doing the homework. And I believe that someone that really is dedicated and wants to to learn the systems and really get themselves set up right without making the same kind of mistakes that perhaps you made initially, you know, is you need to look at 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 deals and spreadsheet it out to really understand how this property is different than this property is different than this property. So then that way you have some means of comparison and you have experience right at looking at different deals. You know what I mean? So that's interesting. In this real estate residency, I actually do live weekly deal reviews. So with my acquisition team, we're reviewing deals, every like the real deals that we're reviewing. We just picked up, yesterday we picked up a pack of four properties. And you know, so we'll go through, we'll review all of that stuff, but it's that you can accelerate the process, yes, to see all of those deals and Man, just like when we took that leap and, and went with that mastermind, that education platform, that can accelerate your process because it does require all of that. The thing is, you don't have to be the one making all of those mistakes, right? And I, I will also echo what you made a great point on is a lot of people will just say, okay, where is it? How do I do it? Okay, do it kind of thing. Tail behind investing and stuff like that. Nobody is going to care more about your money than you do. And you, it's not that you have to go out there and get a finance degree or anything like that, but understand the little bits and pieces. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You want to be the person who asks the best questions. So even if you don't have the knowledge of what each uh, every parameter is or every in and out of it, every deal is, understand to ask the questions that help you care about your money. Love it. Oh, good, good stuff. So you have your education kind of platform, it sounds like, helping people understand what things look like. What else do you guys do at Physician Wealth Systems? Yeah, so uh, Physician Wealth Systems is basically this platform that created uh, the real estate residency. So when we do work with clients, we're very small. We only work with a, a few select individuals. This is the information that we're using to, to teach the individuals, hey, when we get on a deal, we're ready to go. 
I need you to be confident in being able to make the decision because this deal is closing. And this is the information. The Real Estate Residency is a platform, the information that is created by Physician Well Systems to educate our clients on how we're making these decisions. And it starts back to the person, the market, the deal, everything. How do I find rent? How do I value the property? What are some resources, spreadsheets? All of that stuff is in there. Physician Well Systems is the kind of like higher platform. So we actually acquire 12 properties in 12 months for our clients. The difference maker in this, Dave, is it's turnkey real estate business as opposed to a turnkey investment property, if that makes sense. Uh, one thing I say is that if you leave us, if you leave us in 12 months, you will never need us. I'm creating and giving you the platforms and the systems that we use and even the VA training to set you up to say, hey, this is, I want you to manage your portfolio. I don't expect you to learn everything about this, but I want to, I want to show you the questions that you need to ask and when you need to ask them. So that's the 12 and 12 product. That's, uh, it's, it's so cool to watch come together. So are you, when you're working with physicians, are you selling them like turnkey rentals or are, is it like the, a mastermind coaching program? Like what, what exactly is your, or both, you know, what's, what's your relationship here? Great question. Um, this regard is done for you 100%. Uh, you know, I always say that you don't have to read any books or go to any seminars or any lectures. This is done for you 100%. We're creating this investment business for you. Uh, I've got a real estate investment acquisition company or a nation, nationwide company, and we it's called Connect Home Buyers. We plug Physician Wealth Systems into this acquisition company. So my acquisition company will go out, find the deals, vet the deals, and put the deals in contract and then we can assign them to the physician's uh, entity. So the physicians, our clients will hold and manage the asset 100% by themselves with us, if that makes sense. So we're not doing equity in these deals. This is 100% equity for the physician. So we, we find them, we acquire them in the physician's LLC. Our team, our experienced team will renovate them, uh, manage the renovation. We get them appraised at that point, if it's a Burr strategy, buy, renovate, rent, refinance, and repeat. We link you up with our lender that provides the product that we are looking for. It's very special uh, requirements with great rates compared to where everything else is right now. And we get that connected with the professional local property management company. And they will get it, uh, the tenants screened, get the tenants in there and get it stabilized completely 100%. And then from there, we're building out the processes to show this is the asset inventory sheet. So in one dashboard, you can see your portfolio. Um, we set up auto payments as much as possible. So again, just trying to build this business for our clients to where it's not a set and forget, but as, as passive as it could be. Got it, got it. So how are you getting paid? in this process? Great question. Um, through the acquisition company, we have, uh, when we acquire our acquisition equations, include an assignment fee for our company. That way I can pay my team inside of that company. Inside of Physician Wealth System itself, Physician Wealth System, I'm a real estate 
consultant in that regard. So we have a one-time fee out front on the 12 and 12. Uh, and sometimes, you know, uh, depending, I, I never want to inhibit cash flow. Again, it depends on the particular physician who's interested in this and the amount of deployable capital. I don't want to inhibit that that deployable capital. So sometimes we'll break that fee payment up into a couple, uh, couple chunks. Got it. Now, if, if someone's interested in doing this, you know, they, they, they love this concept, they love the idea. How much capital do you think they need to have in order to build, you know, a portfolio? It sounds like 12, 12, 12 hem- properties. 12 properties. Yep. So the 12 and 12, we're looking between the five and 600,000 in deployable capital. And I, I call it wash and rinse and that Burr uh, strategy, buy, renovate, um, refinance, repeat, um, I think I missed one, rent and repeat. There we go, the burst strategy. So I like to keep about three of them rolling at one time. That's why that deployable capital is out there. So you may be required to have the five, 600, but in the end, we have about 250 as our target left in these properties. And remember, this money goes in as equity, so it never leaves your financial statement. It's just going from your bank account to the a different column that shows equity in real estate, right? Uh, and, you know, with our investment objectives, uh, I'm putting you in in equity positions. So you're gaining equity already on top of the, the minimum investment objectives we're looking for. Well, what I think is, is great, and I've spoken to this a lot on the podcast, you know, I, I particularly don't usually like syndications that because you have no control. Here in this case, yes, there's a cost, obviously, to it. You're not doing this for free. You know, you're, you have your own goals and your, your own things you're working towards, and you have your own staff to pay. So, obviously, you can't, you can't do this completely for free out of the, the joy of your heart, as much as I'm sure you'd love to be able to do that. But at the same time, people will own the real estate, right? You're not owning that. that they actually will own it. Am I understanding that? correctly? 100%. 100%. And as an investor from my colleagues, I always get asked too, like, why wouldn't you just do equity splits with them? It's like, no, the, the biggest change in why Physician Wealth Systems came around was to give this opportunity to physicians. As a flipper, you know, a lot of us will leverage private money. And that's where I started working with physicians because we would have those debt relationships with physicians, which is kill and eat. Kill and eat. It's the same way with appreciation, capture, flipping, flipping. That's all kill and eat. So you got to go get it, and then once it's consumed, you got to go get it again, right? So that's that's the thing that we're offering to the physicians is that it's their equity. It's it's their baby. It's done for them. Love it. So you know, Brett, if we we look at your journey and where you're at and, and building, sounds like you've built quite the real estate portfolio for yourself, so you're, you're walking the walk from what I understand. And I would love to know, we call this podcast the Freedom Formula for Physicians, which ultimately the goal is to get people to where they're financially free, right? So what, what does that mean to you and how do you know when you've achieved your financial freedom? Yeah, I'm there. And I know that some people might might like tiptoe around this, but I'm there because I understand what that means to me. And my understanding of that is being grateful uh, with what I have and still reaching for what I don't have. I still have goals. I still have big goals. I like fancy things. I love private jets. I love really nice cars, right? But I don't have to have any of that, Dave. What makes me financially free is I can get up in the morning, I can really do what I want to do. 
right? I, I have that ability to do that. My passion is real estate. My passion is helping others. My passion is sharing these things and, and combining them all. So I will never retire from that. Uh, you know, so I, when I say I'm, I'm there, this is it. I get up, I get to do that every single day. So, I, so let me, let me ask a little bit more about that. So like, was it like a certain income number you had to hit to be like, you know, I'm financially free now because I'm generating $200,000 a year of cash flow from my rentals or 300,000 or 400,000. Like, yeah, set targets, Dave, but it's never, that's never been the thing for me. I've, I've always put, and I've always put money on the back burner. It has caused a lot of stress through the years because of, uh, I, I put everything I have into something and I know there's a lot of high performance people listening to this podcast that do the very same thing. So it's a challenge. But once that's, once that aside, I tell everybody like the money goes away when things start working right. And, and it coming back down to mindset or whatever it is, being grateful for the opportunities that I have and understanding I have a gorgeous home and I have a, a gorgeous family. You know, we've got a pool in the back. I feel like a millionaire just because of that. And, and what is millionaire anymore, Dave? What does that mean anymore? Not, you know, not like it used to be. That's for no, sure. no, it is. So that's what for me, I've been able to take that number away from what we're doing. I get to do what I love every single day and help other people get to that point too. Love it. So uh, Brett, we got to wrap this up for just time wise. Any, any closing thoughts you want to leave that maybe you didn't get a chance to, to say something you wanted to say, or just to encourage the doctors who are listening to this podcast with? Yeah, I stumbled on what I was talking about a little bit earlier with um, what I was thinking about earlier today. Um, but I wanted to rephrase that and it hopefully laid out there in a way that makes sense. My mind is stronger than my body. But my body is as weak as my mind. So there's this thing that ties along. It's not just lifting. This is action. This is relationship. This is everything. Everything is going to start with your mindset. And when we realize that and start focusing on gratitude and just happiness and abundance, these things are what take you to that place of freedom. For me, again, everybody's going to have their own journey, but it starts with that. It starts with understanding where you're at now, understanding where you want to go, and realizing who you have to be to get there. And that who you have to be, and we're not talking about, I mean, both of us are in the finance, consulting, real estate, all of that. And what I love about that last question you asked me is the numbers. It's numbers aside. We're going to talk about you as a person first, because that's what has to change first. Then we can start talking about numbers, because numbers are targets. Who we become to hit those targets, that's the most important piece. Reach out to people around you. Expand your association. Uh, just uh, start talking things into existence and be grateful for everything you have right now. Love it. Great stuff, Brad. And where can people find you? They want to learn more, find out about what you do and how you do it. Where can they find you? I think uh, physicianwellsystems.com is a great spot because the real estate residency is tied into there. We've got a podcast, the Real Estate Mogul MD, that's tied into there as well, too, which, Dave, you were a guest on not too long ago. Thanks for coming. That was yes. a fun show. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. So yeah, go to physicianwellsystems.com. I just encourage everybody, you know, I hear this so often, Dave, I hear it all the time. I've been thinking about getting into real estate. 
I've been thinking about getting into real estate. I know it's tough, but you're going to keep thinking about it until you actually do it. So with the physician wealth systems, the real estate residency is there. I can't, I can't express how, how engaged or how, how passionate I am to give this stuff away. Right. So everybody, you can, you can see this, the, I guess the cynical side of it. I'm here to sell you something here. I'm not the front end of this stuff is free. It's, it's out there everywhere. Anyway, we've just put it together. So go there. If you've even thought about real estate, um, if you've heard somebody else talking about real estate and your ears perked up just a little bit, go check this out. Physicianwellsystems.com. Love it. Love it. All right, everybody go check it out. And I think, um, I just want to reiterate what I said earlier that I think owning the assets yourself is so huge. And this allows almost like a hybrid kind of system. So I'm grateful that Brett and his team had reached out to me for us to connect. And this may not be a good fit for you. Obviously, this does take a good deal of capital to do. But if, if you've been wondering about it, thinking about it, hey, it might be a, the opportunity you've been looking for. All right, my friends, that wraps up another episode for the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast. Remember to slash your debt slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, thank you, my friends, so much for listening to the last podcast. I am pleased to announce that I am now a completely independent financial advisor, where to the point now, I can really integrate my financial planning practice with this podcast. If you might be looking for help, if you have found any of our information here interesting or relevant, and you're looking for a second opinion, I'm making myself available for 30-minute strategy sessions. And if you want to arrange a time to meet with me to discuss your situation and see if we might be a good fit for one another, I'd like you to call our office and speak with Kyla. Our phone number is 612-284-2409. Again, that's 612-284-2409. And I look forward to helping you with your financial situation. And now for some lovely legal disclosures required by our lawyer friends. Investment advice is only offered in jurisdictions where Centurion Financial Strategies, LLC, Centurion is appropriately registered or exempt from registration. Our Form ADV Part 2 brochure can be obtained free of charge at advisorinfo.sec.gov by searching for our firm name or its unique CRD number, which is 316-454. This podcast is not a solicitation to provide advisory services in any jurisdiction in which we are not appropriately registered or excluded. The information, statements, and opinions contained in this podcast have been obtained from or are based on information obtained from sources which we believe to be reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of such information. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as personalized investment, tax, or legal advice. Opinions expressed by any guest are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the firm's views. You should carefully consider your own financial circumstances and needs prior to making any investment in securities or purchasing any insurance products. 
As always, past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing in securities or really anything else involves the risk of loss. If by some chance in this particular podcast, I mentioned insurance products, insurance products are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of an issuing insurance company. They may be subject to restrictions, limitations, and early withdrawal fees, which vary by issue. You should always consider the charges, risks, expenses, and investment objective of any insurance products before entering a contract. And that, my friends, wraps it up. Wish you all the best. Feel free to contact us with any info at www.davidenniston.com. Thank you so much and have a good one. Bye-bye.